Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me here on the Fridays with Francis podcast. I'm so glad that you've decided to be with me. Just a reminder, these podcasts are the audio versions of the video live streams that I do every week on Fridays at 8.15 Eastern on my Facebook page, Monk Musings, or my Instagram profile, Francis OSB. If you'd like, head on over to those platforms and you can see the video live stream either while I'm doing it or it also gets saved so you can watch it anytime you'd like. In the meantime, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and thanks for joining me. Here's the latest episode of Fridays with Francis. Hello, Facebook. We are live. I'm just going to share it so people see it. We'll get going in just a second here. Hey, Meg. Oh, Yvette and Joan. Oh, wow, I didn't see everybody who's come on. Excellent. So glad you're all here. We'll get going in just a few minutes here. Just a few minutes, a few seconds here. People seem to be people seem to be on and available tonight. So we'll get going pretty soon. Natty, I love you, man. I see you. Hey B. Okay, good evening, everybody. Let's begin as we begin every week with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we ask you this day to send your Holy Spirit upon us, to be with us, to guide us, to help us know what your will is for us, so that we may continually work to bring forth and to build your kingdom here. Be with us this evening. Bless our friends. Bless our family. And bless all those near and far in need of our prayers. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fridays with Francis. I am so happy that you are here this evening with me. Um, we here in America have a big day coming up on Tuesday. Uh, it is Election Day. And what I wanted to talk about tonight is the importance of that in the life of the life of a Christian, the life of someone who has faith, the life of someone who believes that God exists and does what he does. Um, and because it is very important, and what we believe about the world and what we believe about God should inform and should influence the way that we participate 
in civic and social life. Uh, it's, you can't separate the two. You can't separate your belief system, your conscience, from your participation in civic, political, and social life. And so tonight, I thought I would just spend a few minutes. I have some, uh, some documents uh, that I'll point you to. I'll read some excerpts and talk a little bit about what we need to think about as Christians when we approach the voting booth. I first want to say, and I said this last week, but this is a worthy disclaimer, and I will say this probably several times uh, throughout the course of this evening's talk, uh, the church in the United States is in no position and has not taken any position on who you should vote for, on who you should vote for. There are several reasons for this. Uh, I will name just a few. The first being uh, there are some legal arguments that say that if the church as, a, as an institution in the United States were to come out and support a specific candidate or a specific political party, that they would lose, their, they put their tax-exempt status in jeopardy. That's a legitimate concern, uh, but that's not, that's not the main reason why. The main reason why the church in the United States does not explicitly endorse a candidate or a political party is when you look at the two major political parties in our country, neither of them match up perfectly with the teachings of the church. Put it another way, to vote for a Democrat, to vote in the Democratic Party, is to ignore church teachings. To vote in the Republican Party is to ignore church teachings. American Catholics are political orphans in this country. We do not have a political party or political platform that hits every single Catholic teaching exactly the right way. We just don't. And until someone forms that party and makes it legitimate and makes it, you know, influential, uh, we, we're just not. We're not going to have that. We don't have that in our country. It's different in other countries. It's different in other countries. For example, uh, in places like Germany and France, there are countries where there are multiple political parties. Um, there are political parties that line up exactly with church teachings all the way down. In America, that is not the case. Um, and so that is, to me, in my opinion, that is the main reason why the church does not endorse candidates or endorse political parties is because we have we are dealing here with an imperfect system we are dealing with a system that does not align exactly with what we believe and what we think is important so that then begs the question what do we do what do we do when we come into the voting booth and are faced with imperfect systems with imperfect candidates. 
Well, the bishops of the United States have a very, very good document that they have released. They've released it now for the last five years. Um, and I'm going to read some of it, uh, read a passage from it tonight, um, where they go through uh, and give some instruction. And the instruction in a nutshell is this, that you should go into the voting booth. Number one, that you should go into the voting booth, that you should vote, that you should participate. Decisions are made by those who show up is a favorite quote of mine. If you can name that TV show, you get an extra point today. That you should vote. We don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic, which means we choose people to make decisions for us. Unless you live in a weird Massachusetts town that has a town meeting. Other than that, we live in a republic. We choose people to make decisions for us. And so, first and foremost, the church teaches that you should vote. You should actively participate in the political process. It is your duty as a citizen of the country. And you should render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. That means pay your taxes and vote. First and foremost. And second, when you vote, when you go into the voting booth, you should go into the voting booth with a well-formed conscience about the issues and about the candidates. This is the difficult part because it requires work. It requires you to do some reading, to ask some questions, to do some research. To form a well-formed conscience, you are to look at all of the issues. You are to read about the candidates and their positions on them. And then, with your conscience, you know, you've gone and you've, you've read, uh, you know, maybe you've read the teachings of the church on these issues, you've read other opinions on these issues, you've asked questions, you've asked other people who you trust and who you know have some uh, information about it. You form your conscience based on all of the issues. And if you prioritize them, that's fine. But you have to look at all of them. You have to take all of them into account. And you, in your own conscience, in your own conscience, a well-formed conscience, that's how you approach the voting booth, with a well-formed conscience. Now, I want to start tonight, this is our check the book statement here, except all of these things are online. I don't have a book with all of these things in them. I'm going to read a passage from a document called Gaudium et Spes, which was a document that was released during the Second Vatican Council in the 1960s. I happen to read this passage every July 4th because it is uh, Gaudium et Spes, paragraph 75. And uh, this, par this paragraph happens to be about citizenship, and I think it's very important. And so I want to read uh, this part to you. It's this. Citizens must cultivate a generous and loyal spirit of patriotism without being narrow-minded. That, that, this means that they will always direct their attention to the good of the whole human family united by the different ties which bind together races, people, and nations. 
all Christians must be aware of their own specific vocation within the political community. It is for them to give an example by their sense of responsibility and their service of the common good. In this way, they are to demonstrate concretely how authority can be compatible with freedom, personal initiative with the solidarity of the whole social organism, and the advantages of unity with fruitful diversity. They must recognize the legitimacy of different opinions with regard to temporal solutions and respect citizens who, even as a group, defend their points of view by honest methods. Political parties, for their part, must promote those things which, in their judgment, are required for the common good. It is never allowable to give their interests priority over the common good. Great care must be taken about civil, civic and political formation, which is of the utmost necessity today for the population as a whole, especially for youth, so that all citizens can play their part in the life of the political community. Those who are suited or can become suited should prepare themselves for the difficult but at the same time the very noble art of politics and should seek to practice this art without regard for their own interests or for material advantages. This was written in the 1960s. This is the church. This is as, as clear as the church can be saying participation in the political and civic process is the duty of all Christians. We all have a part to play. And especially in a, in a republic, in a democracy, we all have a part to play, and it's called voting. It's more than that, but to me, this is again, this is me talking, the baseline is that we all vote, that we all participate in the process. So, I lost my train of thought here. I had another thing to read to you. Give me a second. Yep, I lost. Oh, here we are. Okay. So, what does that mean? Well, Pope Francis has said this about participation in the political process. He says this. He said this on uh, September 16th, 2013. I'm having difficulty finding out where. Uh, he said this. We need to participate for the common good. Sometimes we hear a good Catholic is not interested in politics. This is not true. Good Catholics immerse themselves in politics by offering the best of themselves so that the leader can govern. Makes sense. Participate in the process because in a republic where we choose our representatives, where we choose the people who make decisions about our way of life and our government, how will they know what we think if we don't participate? So how do we go about approaching the voting booth? How do we vote? Well, first and foremost, I will say again, I am not here to tell you who to vote for. I won't do it. Uh, I received this guidance from the Diocese of Manchester, where I now live, the other day. They, they posted this on their Facebook page. How do I decide who to vote for? 
Pope Francis has said that we should study the issues, pray, and then vote with our consciences. And then they cite a document that I just referred to from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. That document is called Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. It's on their website, usccb.org. It's the first thing you see. They're going to have it up there until Tuesday and beyond. Uh, it's, it's pretty short. It's 50 pages. Uh, it's, don't worry, it's double-spaced. So again, it's, it's pretty short. And I'm not going to read all 50 pages to you tonight. Um, I will say this. Rather than getting bogged down in a whole discussion about all of the issues, because for that I would need to be here for another hour, uh, I'm, I'll say this. I said at the beginning, we go into the voting booth and we have all of the issues in our civic life in our mind. And we have an opinion about them, right? We have feelings about each and every one of these issues. Maybe you don't, and maybe that's telling. And then with a well-formed conscience, we then vote based on those issues. So I will say this. This is the only personal uh, part that I'll inject into this evening's discussion. I mailed in my ballot last week. I voted for Democrats. I voted for Republicans and I voted for independence. Do you know how long it took me to fill out my ballot? It took me two weeks to fill out my ballot because I did the research. I went online. I found as much information as I could about each of the candidates from president on down to county attorney and everybody in between. If I couldn't find information about a candidate, I asked somebody who I thought would have that information. I ended up emailing one representative, who's my representative now, with a question. Hey, what's your position on this? And he answered me very quickly, very quickly. The system works. It took me two weeks to fill out my ballot. But that's because I decided to do the work and I wanted to make the best decision that I could make and I ended up voting for someone in every political party. Every political party that was on the ballot got my vote in one way or another. That's all I will say about my own personal voting. Now, you may say to yourself, what are these issues? What are these issues that I need to think about, that I need to ask about? Well, in this document from the bishops, they've given us a list of issues. It's not exhaustive, but the bishops have uh, identified uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven. about 12 things. I'll just list them. Uh, and if you have an opinion about them already, great. Uh, I would encourage you to go out and read as much as you can uh, before you have to vote. And if you've already voted, thank you. Thank you for voting. I'm glad you voted. Uh, and if you already voted, maybe this will help you for next time. If you're like, if this conversation has made you have second thoughts. Um, they, the, the bishops of the United States have listed these items. They say these are the major issues in American life that Catholics need to consider. Human life, promoting peace, marriage and family life, religious freedom, 
preferential option for the poor and economic justice, health care, migration, Catholic education, promoting justice and countering violence, combating unjust discrimination, care for our common home, communications, media, and culture, global solidarity. Those are the issues. Those are the major issues that the bishops of the United States have identified and have taught that when Catholics are approaching the voting booth, in order for them to have a well-formed conscience, they need to at least consider these issues. The document that they have put together is very informative. It cites a number of documents from the popes, from bishops, uh, previous statements. Uh, they wrote this document five years ago, and they re-released it, and they built on it. So you may, you may have heard um, promoting justice and countering violence, combating unjust discrimination, is obviously in response to uh, things that have gone on in our country in the last year or so, uh, and long before, but it's come to a, the tension has risen significantly in the last year or so. And so the bishops have told us that to have a well-formed conscience, all of these items need to be considered, and they have to be weighed. Some of them are going to be more important to you than others. That's perfectly understandable. The argument here, or the request here, or the, I should say the teaching of the bishops here, is that you have to weigh them. You have to consider all of them and put them all into some sort of perspective. Catholics are not single-issue voters. And I think when we see polling information on Tuesday, we will see the Catholic vote will be split in this country. It usually is. It usually is. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying that is, it is telling because it shows that we have a lot of faithful Catholics out there who are weighing the issues and are not going with one or the other in a, in a massive block. And that's because we don't endorse anybody. We don't endorse anybody. I'm not going to go any further into the issues tonight. What I will finish with tonight is to say, I hope that you vote. I hope that you have voted. And I hope that you take the time to engage in this very, very important civic process that will define your life, our society, for a little bit. For at least two years on the national level, four years on the national level, uh, but that your vote for president, your vote for Congress, is just as important as your vote for state representative, town council, county attorney. I've never voted for a county attorney in my life before. Uh, it's the disadvantage of not growing up in New Hampshire, I guess. But 
they're all important. They all have a role to play. And they all represent you. They govern with your, with our consent. So make your voice heard, vote, participate, and engage in the process. As we are called to do, we as Christians are called to sanctify the world with our presence. To bring God into the world. We have to participate in the world in order to do that. So vote either tomorrow, Tuesday, whenever you're able to, please vote. Please vote. The When you look at participation of Americans in the voting process as, compare, as a percentage, as compared to other countries, we come in nearly dead last. Dead last. It's, it's kind of pitiful. Why would you allow 20% of the people to decide everything for you? So get out there. Get out there and vote. Thank you for voting if you voted already. Uh, and uh, thank you for joining me tonight. And that concludes this week's Fridays with Francis. Uh, we will be here next week, same time, same place. Uh, until that time, know that I am praying for you. Please pray for me. I really appreciate it. And know that God is working on your behalf. Heaven is holding conversations about you. Angels have been assigned to you. Be at peace. Good night, everybody.